Hello. Welcome to another episode of Too Much. I'm pissed off. <laughs> I'm pissed. I worked a double today and I'm tired. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade today. Woke up to that awesome news. In the middle of my manifesting and my journaling and my morning routine. Found that out. And in what seems to be a theme of interruption and inconsiderate behavior, you may hear revving of engines and motorcycles and people who think they're pretty tough on my street. Here they go. This is what it is to live uptown in New York. And it was okay today. You know, I was able to uh, throw myself into my work enough to get distracted from it and not think about it and not get so livid and angry. But, uh, you know, what really got me is I got off the train on my way to work and I walked off the subway and I walked off of the station And just as I walked through the doors, there was a young woman about the same age as I was, dressed up, clearly going to work. And we kind of got in each other's way, and we stopped, and we looked up, and we locked eyes. And I may as well have been staring at a mirror, because this woman and I had the exact same expression on our face of shock and pain and confusion. Because despite all the things in the world that bring us as women down and tell us that we are lesser than and make us want to believe that we don't have power, despite all those things that exist in our world, women still reign. And women are still incredible and powerful and do so much and are growing by the minute in terms of the power and the force that we have in this world despite the legislation. But this woman and I just looked at each other and both of us just welled up with tears. We didn't say anything. We didn't stand longer than a second in front of each other. And we both just walked away. And there was this sense of unity, this sense of community. And it hurt more. Even though it was a beautiful, serendipitous moment to have a unification with a stranger, it was through pain and it was through something that we felt had been taken away from us. So I had to clearly collect myself and take a breath. And <laughs> There's a man who sits in the, in the park area by the subway and he blasts music and as I sat down on the bench to gather my thoughts and my breath before I went to work a double. New York, New York. Blasting. And you know, that's the thing, is that we're... People who live in New York are really special to live in New York. It's almost a privilege because it's a bubble. Sure, you're exposed to a lot of crazy shit, but... The forward progressive thinking that happens in these cities. Even though it felt like the world was against us. 
I felt like everyone in New York had women's backs today. And that was a nice feeling. Now, when I have a long shift to work, and mind you, I'm working three doubles this weekend. It's gay pride. Whoop, whoop. So that means half my staff is gone celebrating, <laughs> which means I'm working. I'm not gay enough. But when I have a long day that I've got to work, I kind of go into robot mode. There's an element that I've noticed when I'm working at this place. Granted, you know, I've worked here for so long. So you've worked here somewhere for so long. You really, you're not really a person anymore. You just kind of do it, right? You go into autopilot. Like people will ask me how I'm doing at work. And my first thought is why? Why do you want to know how I am? Why does that matter? Because my emotions have nothing to do with how I'm going to do at work. What needs to get done? Is there a task I'm not completing? Someone needs something? And to me, this seems normal because this is how I get through my days. Emotionless. I am a robot. What do you go into autopilot with? Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's a hobby. Something that fuels your soul, but you just practice, practice all the time that you forgot to show up for it. And you know, some might argue that I should be more present at work, that I should have more emotions, that I should care more. But I can't. I, I can't survive there if I allow myself to feel. That might sound a little melodramatic, but it's a paycheck to me. And who I am as an artist and a creative wants to make it more. I want to bring passion to it. I want to bring creativity to it. I want to bring more to it, but I just don't care. Because it's a means to an end. A means to an end which is a means that has actually been supporting me the entire time I've been in New York. So what's the juxtaposition there? Oh, life is an oxymoron and a hypocritical fun adventure. Irregardless, here I am slamming through my shifts. It's no problem. I'm not even thinking, just going through the motions and I'm peaceful. I'm in a rhythm. I answer questions if there's a real answer, but it's good. And part of the reason it was good is because no one was talking to me about shit I didn't care about. It's interesting. I wish I could kind of turn it on and off intermittently throughout the shift, but I kind of go into performance mode. If I'm on stage, AKA in front of a customer, there I go. But when I'm backstage, aka with my coworkers or a hostess asking me how I'm feeling or my boss asking me how I'm doing, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that any of these people have the authority or entitlement or right to know how you're feeling. You don't owe anyone that. 
You don't have to show up any way specifically. However, if you're showing up (laughs) and you're already tired and it affects other people and your job and your work, then it's something to look at. However, my work isn't affected. (laughs) I just go into performance mode and maybe you're able to do that but it's not sustainable. And every time that I work a shift or a long day and I just do it without emotion, without passion, without drive, without love, I just die a little inside. Now it's, again, melodramatic, if you want to call it that. But I also refer to it as my feelings, which are also fucking valid. So suck on that. (laughs) Do you know that? That your feelings are valid? They might not stay forever. They're temporary. They might not be something you base a big decision off of, but they're valid. And you don't owe anyone happiness. That's a hard thought for some people to accept. Seriously, in my humble, humble opinion, you don't owe your boss happiness. You don't owe your coworkers happiness. You don't owe anyone a performance. Unless it helps you. Now listen, we can call a spade a spade and step back and look and say, hey, you've got a shitty attitude. That's not going to make your day any better. And that's absolutely correct. However, I've found that by leaning into the emotions that I'm feeling and allowing them to be, it does encourage it to dissipate quickly. And then I am able to make jokes and laugh when I allow myself to just be pissed or just be sad I have a couple coworkers who like to just chat. Just chat about freaking nothing. And by the time I've already shut off my emotions and gone into robot autopilot mode, I don't want to hear their stories. I don't want to hear their chatter. So interesting. I'm able to get this work done more efficiently. I'm able to shut down and go into autopilot and be the best at my job, but I'm unable to actually connect with people when I'm in that mode because it's a mask, because I am putting on a play. It's not me. I don't give a shit what kind of pasta you eat. I don't care what kind of wine you order. I don't care that you want more cheese. I don't care that you don't like onions in your salad. But you really think that I care in this moment. You think I am concerned that you're not going to have the best experience of your life at this restaurant. (laughs) Can you tell I'm tired? So today the chatter was not as consistent. We found ways to keep ourselves busy. And I continued on the performance. 
that I'm happy there, that I'm so glad to be doing it. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Oh, everything's so great. And don't get me wrong, it's not all fake. A lot of it is real. A lot of these people I do genuinely enjoy. But the energetic exchange, as I have talked about before, is so draining after two hours. So what about four hours? Better yet, put you on a double. That's 12 hours, roughly, of pretending like you give a shit about any of it. <laughs> a lot of times when we're on the floor and somebody's freaking out or I'm upset or somebody's upset, I say, it's just a restaurant. Hey, hey, it's just a restaurant. I understand you want to get it right. I understand this person's upset about their wine. It's not that serious. Because you might be upset that this isn't the exact kind of shape pasta that you want. You might be upset that your house wine is cold because it was in a red wine fridge. But women are having their fucking rights to their own bodies taken away. And I don't care. I think that's the big thing. I'm happy to care when I'm just here supporting your experience. When you're just here to have a good time, I can do that for you. I can make you have a great time. I can make it the best experience of your life. I can. I have the capacity to do that. But when you complain and show me that you don't care about anyone else my filter goes away way real quick especially after a few hours and guys <laughs> ooh i kind of lost it tonight i didn't lose it but i i got sassier than i like to be i'm pretty good about keeping my cool when customers are shitty but i was on my 11th hour and i was ready to go And I had a table. And they took a while, and they took a while, and they took a while. And I finally went up, and I said, okay, guys, are we ready? And at the same time, the gentleman said, yes, we're ready. And the woman said, no, we need one more minute. And then they both said it again at the same time. The woman said, just one more minute, a little more time. He said, no, we're ready. I said, so are we ready, or do we need another minute? Once again, the woman No, thank you. We need more time. To which the gentleman turned and said, We're not ready, but we're going to process through it while you stand here, he said. <laughs> well, fuck me, right? I love to listen to your conversation about what you do and don't want to eat while I take care of the rest of this patio. I digress. So they stand there. They talk about things back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Mind you, not asking me any questions, just talking in front of me about what they want to do. And right as I'm getting irritated and about to find an excuse to step away so I can continue taking care of the other tables, because oddly enough, they are not the only humans in the restaurant that we're concerned about. They finally order. And I get it. Okay, great. And a bottle of house wine, he says. 
Like he's just ordered a $300 bottle of something somewhere that anyone cares about. Okay. So I bring the wine. I twist the cap off of this bottle of house wine. And as I'm pouring a taste, kind of as a joke, because it's house wine, he swirls his glass, smells it, and takes a sip and says, Where is it from? God damn it, these friggin' motorcyclists. They're not even motorcycles. They're like dirt bikes that kids just ride out and they're like, look how cool I am. I don't have a car, but I'm gonna bring ding 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 up and down Broadway. Anyway, Douchebag McGee's swirling his house wine and asking me what region it's from without blinking or even looking at him. I said, Tuscany, because that's really going to change whether or not you drink this wine. And don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on him for buying the cheap bottle, the cheapest one we have. I'm not hating on him for that. I'm hating on him for doing that and then acting like he was dropping a bunch of money like a hot shot, which I hate when you do that even if you are dropping money. But if you're gonna try and be a bougie McGee dude acting like you know shit and swirling wine and looking at the legs, get something other than the screw top house, okay? Word to the wise. Anyway... Tuscany, I said. He takes a sip and goes, it's a little cold. Because when you order a bottle of red wine, it's pulled from a red wine fridge, which is kept at a specific temperature. Also, in Italy, it is fairly common to have a bottle of red chilled, a lighter to medium-bodied red, especially in the summer. It's quite lovely and fairly traditional. You know, Mr. Worldly 2.0 should know about this. Again, I'm tired. Let's continue. So he says it's cold. And I did not even want to listen to why it was bothering him. So I said, okay. And he said, is there anything we can do to warm it up? Well, aside from putting your frickin' bottle on the stovetop, no, probably not. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I just picked up the glasses. I picked up the bottle. I said, yep, it's chilled because it's a bottle that we chill because it's red wine. But I can give you a warm bottle of wine if you prefer. I didn't even wait for them to answer. I walked away. I had with the glasses and the bottle, bitched to my coworkers in the back, grabbed another bottle of wine, went back, sat down the glasses, started pouring, to which he then said, how are you today? Oh, now you want to know how I am, because you pissed me off. Now that you've gone along and now, oh, wait, this waitress might be a person with feelings. Maybe she's a woman who's pissed that she no longer has the right to her freaking body in certain parts of the world. The world, beg your, beg your pardon, the country. And again, it's not his fault. It's my job. I should keep my cool. But how fucking dare you? And you know what? This is what comes from being over it. So I poured the wine. They're like, it's just so much better. I said, you know, it's like, and they're trying to get me to say, yeah, you're right. Your wine was cold. Good thing we got this one. But again, I don't care. I'm just pissed off that you think you're hot shit. Leave me alone. Just order like, and be, don't be annoying. 
So I pour the wine. And I said, yeah, you know, it's, it's house wine. I'm not sure how perfect it can get. And then I walked away and thank God that was right when I was being cut. So I perfectly just handed that table over and didn't have to worry about it. However, this is what happens when you're pushed to the edge. This is what happens when you've worked too long removing yourself. This is what happens when you don't care about what you do. You break and you unleash onto people who maybe don't deserve it. Was that guy a dickhead? Absolutely. Did he deserve me being a bitch to him? No, probably not. He's, he came there for a service. And if he had been my first table, I would have been a lot more patient with him. I would have had a lot, I would have had funnier, wittier things and retorts to things he said where he wouldn't even know that I insulted him. But I was pissed and he was petty and so was I. Listen, I've been a waitress most of my life. I've been in New York for 14 years. You want to be petty and sassy and witty? Let's go, honey. I made that game. Me and Fran Lebowitz. <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. So where do you detach? How do you detach? Because I pride myself, my little spiritual ego, in living consciously and compassionately and blah, 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 while I'm human. And I get angry. And I get tired. And I work too much sometimes. And I take my feelings out on people who don't deserve it. And thank God I have the consciousness and the wherewithal to come home and reflect on my behavior and what I did and how I affected people so that moving forward, maybe I don't do that. Maybe I don't let my own shit get in the way of how I'm treating other people. Even if they are being douchebags. (sighs) But the point is, you can only live out of your body you can only live numbed to reality you can only live putting on a performance for so long and that's why every morning I wake up and every day I'm not working I am working on something else I am working on my production company. I am working on other projects. I am working on my book. I am working on my music. I am working on anything to get me out of this place where I feel like I have to pretend. To get me out of this job where I feel like I cannot be myself. Because I have to sell things and I have to smile. And you know, I think on the day that it is, with Roe v. Wade being overturned, that that was just it. That when I went to the table and the man said, no, we're not ready, but we're going to make you wait here while we figure it out. Right away. I don't value your time. Like, I think that's what it was. I was so tired 
and felt like my voice and my rights had been taken away. And now this fucking douchebag who thinks he's hot stuff ordering a house bottle of wine, asking me where it's from and swirling it around the glass while I sit there and wait and then you tell me it's cold. It doesn't matter. And I don't care. Go drink a fucking Welsh's juice box. Excuse my profanity. I get very heated. (laughs) So we're here. Like so many people. In a place we don't want to be. Looking towards somewhere where we would like to be. However, the reality is this is where we are. And that's why I started this podcast. And I'm so grateful that there's content that universally as humans we can understand and incorporate into our lives and reflect on and talk about. And so even though you might not have been a waitress and some guy might not have said that to you about some wine and you may not have had this situation with this woman on the train, you are understanding what I'm feeling. Because... We are united. Even that table that I was frustrated with. We have things in common. I bet if I wasn't being a little cunt and he wasn't being a douchebag, we could have hung out. Except I hate that restaurant, so I probably wouldn't have. I don't hate it. Oh, it's mixed feelings. Can you tell? You can only pretend for so long. And at some point, you have to realize who you are and where you can be, whoever that is. And as soon as you identify that you don't feel safe or like you're given permission to truly be your authentic self, well, baby, it's time to make an exit plan and work and show up for yourself every day and focus on the next vision. Because these frustrating moments, these moments of resistance, they're not inevitable. They will not go away just because you start living your authentic self. But there are some things we can control And we can control our destiny and we can change things and we can learn things and we are capable of changing our lives. So if you have something that you show up and you perform for, a person, a job, a place, a location, a class, a group, a family event, take a look at that. Ask yourself if you're really showing up authentically. Ask yourself if that's your decision or if because you truly don't feel safe to show up authentically. Maybe there's some sort of repercussion. And then ask yourself where you can be yourself authentically. And once you identify those things, I think you got a pretty good game plan, kid.
It might not be what you want right now, but it will not be forever because that resistance in you is the feeling that is going to propel you into a new life. If we didn't have the anger and the sadness and the frustration and the feeling like you're gonna scream, you wouldn't change anything, would you? So let it fuel you. Let it drive you. Let it piss you off so bad that you march through the motherfucking streets with your pink pussy hat on and you tell those people that this is your body and this is your choice. And yes, the wine is organic. It's from Tuscany. Suck it down with the straw, bitch. I'm out.